Okay. I think we are live. Okay. Uh, it says live that. on Facebook. Right. It says we're live now. It's been running for 20 seconds. Welcome. All right. Let's start. Let's hey. start. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Drop Politics. I'm your host, Steve, and with me here, as always, if virtually. If virtually. Still virtually. It's EJ. There we go. It's still socially and physically distant. Yes. Emotionally distant as well. You no, know, I've really been working no, on my distancing of all sorts. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to be I didn't want to be somebody who's accused of only socially distance or physical right. distance. So really working on that emotional distance now too. It's uh, really a defense mechanism. You're 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 a cold and an empty person now and yes. that's okay. Yes. Uh, so other than that though, how how's your lockdown, sir? Hey man, you know, uh, there's no place better to be than in Chicago during a lockdown with this beautiful weather and what really seems to be a sort of triple layer dip of disturbing news. It's really been great, you know, from the local level to the state level to the federal level to, oh, I guess, four la layers all the way to the, the, the international way. level. We can just kind of soak in, soak in the bad news. So good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> so I feel that's like, good. like this week we've actually got like I think it's the first week since we've been doing these remote versions that I feel like we've got a a pretty broad like from the local all the way up to yeah. national. So yeah, uh, yay us. And and honestly, you know, I thought you know, and we talked about maybe getting together on that wonderful deck uh, behind your house to to do this, be socially distanced, and still do this. Um, but then we saw you know the numbers going up here in Illinois and Chicago in particular. And I just couldn't feel good about that. I just couldn't feel good. You know, I think, you know, I think we've been reasonably, you know, conscientious about things, but I think there's something to be said for, you know, and a little living the example. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, uh, my message to everybody out in, in the world right now is, please stop fucking having parties or having fucking parties. Depending how you want to say it, but uh, yeah. Both stop. Either. Stop. I mean, that's like all the reporting we have suggests at this point that like, you know, it's not restaurants that are the problem. It's, it's bars and parties. Like, you want to have a birthday party? I totally get that. My birthday's coming up and, and I really hate the fact that I'm going to have like two people over at most. Like, this sucks. But, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna have anybody else over because I don't want to like make this any worse. Right. So, so please. Yeah. yeah. I. I do think that you know I'm just kind of keeping track of all of my friends who have had birthdays during the lockdown and you know my my birthday was on the day they closed all the bars. Yeah. Let's just be clear about that. Like, which is you know uh, I thought I so, felt personally attacked, but like it just just we're gonna get all those people together at the end. And, uh, you know, in 2022. So, EJ, when we talk about shutting down the bar on your birthday, that's not usually what we mean. Yeah, that's true. clear about that. It's true. It's what they should mean all the time, but it's not always what is meant all of the time. So, you know, I think we're we're all dealing with this in different ways. I'll say, you know, 
the kids on our block have all been great. So once when there's a kid's birthday, like one of the parents will broadcast it out and people will write messages in chalk on the sidewalk in front of their birthday or signs or something. It's been, you know, it's been great. I think people uh, continuing to do that, but you can also see that sort of fatigue of from everybody, kids and yeah. parents and, you I, know. I, I feel like what I need to do is uh, on my, it'll be my 46th birthday is put up a bunch of big signs outside of my place that says honk for Steve's 46th birthday and see nice. if anybody actually bothers. Cause I've seen that for like kids and there's like balloons and like mm -hmm, people going mm -hmm. by honking like, that's great. I should do that. <laughs> I, I support this. I, if you do that, I will definitely drive by and honk. Right. Uh, and I'll put it on TikTok. Honk, or maybe honk I won't. And do a shot later. <laughs> yeah, nice. Please do a shot from home. You can hashtag yes. it on Instagram and then you can find it. No, I don't want to do that either. Okay. Right. So, right. I mean, we've kind of segued into how's the state doing in COVID? Yes. Which is not so, great. Yeah. I mean, we're better off in a lot of places, but, you know, we're still seeing the things go in the wrong direction. Um, got about 2,000 cases a day right now. And that's kind of steadily been climbing. We haven't seen like the kind of ramp up and spike that yeah. we've seen in, in other places, but you know, it's not really good. Uh, and we've got 13 Illinois counties. They're now on warning that if they uh, continue in the direction they're going, that they're going to be rolled back to phase three. Yes. Phase three. Um, so yes, you do not want to go on double super secret probation during the pandemic, but 13 counties might be doing that. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder where that comes from, you know, in terms of why some, you know, some counties may, I wonder if they felt uh, like they were safe, if they hadn't been following the guidance, you know, uh, if it's if you, more if individual you look at the choice. Counties, the, the counties that are having issues, I'm, seem to have some political alignment to them that's kind of common. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> so, you know, it, I think it's the same thing we're seeing across the country is that some, yeah. some people, because of, you know, the news that they're getting, because of the, their politics, they're making different choices. Now, to be fair, like I said, stop having parties. That's the big problem nationally. Yeah. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, whether you believe in a mask or not, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I know of some folks who uh, have neighbors with children who are graduating from high school and they postponed their graduation parties from, you know, May, June until now, but they're still doing them and they're open houses. So they're going house to house to house. It's like teenagers oh, going house to house. Well, that, that is not a solid plan, guys. That did you hear about the prom? Plan. Oh, yeah, in Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, so. Or the so, Illinois prom in Indiana. Yeah, it was uh, uh, people who are from a wealthier suburb of Illinois decided they were going to have a private prom that they set up in Indiana. Why Indiana? Because they can have more people in Indiana because the laws are different. Yeah. And, of course, people have gotten infected. And, and the most irritating thing was, uh, one of the organizers trying to suggest that they were following the rules, like bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you could see photos where they were clearly not social distancing. They were not wearing masks. Like, no, you, stop having fucking parties. Yeah, what well, is this? I just love that idea that like 
Well, if we go someplace else, surely the people with the less restrictive rules know more because that's convenient for me right, right now. Right, like, right? And, and that's, I think, what, and I keep coming back to, like, if we have had a consistent national policy from day one where we're setting the rules for everybody based on science, all of this is much easier. We get this done quickly. We don't have this, like, well, I'm going to, like, engage in viral arbitrage across state lines to figure out, like, which is the best place to have my party. Oh, viral Stop arbitrage. fucking parties. Yeah. Yes. Your viral band arbitrage. name of the day is viral ar arbitrage. Arbitrage? <laughs> arbitrage, yes. Arbitrage. Yes. Um, that's, really, that's really great. So we're, you know, Chicago's a little above our target uh, positivity rate. And I think as we've talked about this over time, we've kind of changed the metrics that we are using to sort of evaluate what's happening. And I, I, I think that's a really interesting thing and a good thing for people to kind of dig into is that there are different ways to look at it as, you know, we saw in the interview with Axios. And if you haven't seen the uh, Swan Trump interview on Axios, you've got to see it. Uh, but it really gets at the heart a little bit of what are the metrics that we're tracking and what does that tell us about things? So, you know, for me, the ones I'm looking at are number of tests and positivity rates. Um, uh, you know, total number of cases to me is kind of meh. Um, well, yeah. And, that's and per day. To... That's the thing that I'm keeping track of, but it's more yeah. of a, you know, I use that as a, when somebody says it's not that big a deal. And then I say, how many people dying per day would be a big deal? Is it 2,000? Right. Is it 5,000? Um, but that doesn't tell us how we're getting better or worse. I think the better or worse to me that those trending metrics are the the uh, number of tests per day and the positivity rate. And yeah. unfortunately, I mean, our positivity rate is going up a little bit. Yeah, and positivity rate has become a more useful metric over time because as we add more tests, obviously we're going to catch more people who have COVID. And you know, sure. when all of this got started, you know, when we were barely had any tests at all, it meant everybody was testing positive, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it was only the people who were the most desperate situation that they're even testing in the first place. Yeah. Now yeah, yeah. they were already showing symptoms. That was the right. Whereas now I can like go to a drive up clinic and get tested, you know, and, and, you know, results I've seen in 24 hours. It sounds like, you know, nationally they're up to two weeks, but you know, at least you're getting results back. Um, and you can get that tested. So yeah, yeah, positivity rate availability. is, yeah. So that seems like the best metric right now. And overall, like we're not trending up that high. What I will say that's fascinating is if you go look at the little graph and there's some great dashboards the city of Chicago has on this. If you look at the, the graph, uh, the numbers are coming down and then they started coming up on July 18th. July 18th would happen to be exactly two weeks after July 4th, if I'm doing my math correctly. Stop having yeah. fucking parties. <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally. I, I, it's it, it. So maybe it'll come back down, right? It's all always a two-week lag. I'm trying to stay positive about things, but you know, this has really played into something that's really important for me and close to home is what to do about school. Oh yeah, right? Because public schools, right? You know, a month ago we got an email saying. The plan is to have kids go to school twice a week and do the rest remote. Um, it's a framework. Tell us what you think about that. Are you planning on sending your kids or are you not? And people are like, 
uh, I don't think I'm going to send my kids. Um, yeah. Actually, it was like 30% of people said, nope, not sending them at all. Another mix said, like, I could, we'll see. We were definitely in that we'll see camp, but as numbers have gotten worse, we're like, absolutely not. We're, yeah, and, I, and I, the CTU has said that we're not, we're, we may not right. send our teachers. So <laughs> it became pretty clear that, like, eh, this is really not a, a good call. But, yeah, and, and good on the CTU standing up, because um, I think that the reality is, uh, and things tell us that, it's the adults that are more at risk, you know? And, you know, you could say, well, the kids are only gonna go, uh, you know, twice a week, that's great. But the ki the parents or the teachers are gonna go every day, right? So, you know, they're gonna be constantly exposed and, you know, sort of swimming in the ventilation systems that you know are not up to date. It's not like they've got, you know, HEPA filters in the schools. Like it's all, you know, I, I feel for the teachers and the parents who don't have flexibility, you know, yeah, those are the, sure. you know, these are the people who are impacted because their livelihood is impacted. Um, again, I I consider myself very lucky uh, to be able to to sort of work around these things, um, but it's, uh, yeah. I, so quarter one is going to be all virtual. CBS yeah. has said. I think. Yeah, I think it surrounding makes districts are still on the fence, right? You can always go to in person later if we, you know, if we find that like a bunch of schools around the country are opening up and there aren't, and there isn't a huge amount of spread, then maybe we rethink things. But we don't need to be the canary in the coal mine. Let's 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 see what happens. Yeah. Well, and and let's just you know to think about something for a moment. You know, it's not just that there's not a lot of spread, but you have to have infrastructure in place, yeah. right? So the fact that the number of tests is going down doesn't make me feel great. Um, uh, if the tests actually take three days or four days to get back, um, that that makes sort of the, the whole tracking tracing thing much, oh, yeah. much, much harder. Yeah. So, you know, if that infrastructure is in place, uh, that gives me a lot more hope that, you know, we can open schools, we can be cautious, we can be pragmatic you know, we can take a step forward or two steps forward and a step back. Um, I think ultimately, you know, kids in schools is a better thing for everybody, but not at the expense of people's lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's a bad balancing act we're trying to pull off um, that we shouldn't have had to do. And, you know, it yes. is what it is now. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow, a couple other small updates around that. Illinois is trying to put some more teeth behind uh, the, the mask mandates, yep. um, possibly up to a $2,500 fine for businesses that are violating it. Um, my sense is like around Chicago, you know, the, the mask rules are pretty well enforced. People, uh, like people on the street aren't necessarily wearing masks, but like when they're going into restaurants and they're going into shops, there's pretty good mask adherence. So overall, I think around here we're fine. Um, and then one last update is uh, apparently Alderman Michael Scott Jr. Uh, does have coronavirus. Um, so, uh, but he, as far as I know, he's the only Alderman who's tested positive at this point. Yeah, as far as I know. I know that where he was at, uh, he was at an event with uh, the mayor as well, who's been Yeah, the mayor tested then. negative. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Which, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Yeah, so... I think, you know, when we think about the numbers, we kind of think about, you know, national numbers. 
something that's happened since we last talked was a change in the way that the data is supposed to flow from individual hospitals to a national infrastructure. Yeah. So it's, there is, it's a mess. <laughs> oh, I mean, of course it's a mess. Uh, that is very on brand for us right now. But the, you know, there was an existing system for hospitals to report data on things like bed availability and, you know, coronavirus specifically. But there was a system that went to the CDC. And this is something that had been in place prior to the pandemic and probably will still be in place after the pandemic and is frankly still in place. But there was a decision made at the executive level to change that reporting line yes. to use a brand new bespoke developed application uh, to report this data, bypassing the CDC and going to political appointees instead. Yes. And so the way it works now is that there's a system called from a, a company called teletracking, um, te teletracking technologies, where all the data is supposed to go through them. And so like you're as a hospital, you can directly report to them or you can report through state agencies who will then report to them. Um, uh, all of it ultimately has to be integrated with teletracking system. Um, and both of us being techies will tell you that's not something you just put the switch on and it's automatic. No. Um, no. And I've actually worked in, uh, in healthcare, in doing reporting to, uh, you know, the government from hospitals, uh, None of that stuff is automatic. No, of course <laughs> and, not. And so switching it is a problem just purely on a, on a technical level, assuming you're doing it right in the first place, which is probably not a good assumption. Yeah, I had a conversation yesterday with a client of mine where we talked about their, they are switching an internal system that we integrate with. And it's one we already have a good integration with. It works beautifully. It happens automatically. We exchange this data. It, it's worked beautifully for a year. They're changing their system. In theory, none of their fields are changing it. And we're expecting six months of problems. <laughs> yeah. This is one endpoint, right? So this is one computer system talking to another computer system. They are, you know, there's already some history there. So for the government to, to do this in the middle of a time where it's absolutely imperative that we have good numbers is it's just irresponsible right it yeah. is it is the whole you know when law and order used to be on and they'd say like well he didn't actually kill them but it was depraved indifference like this this is at the very least indifference if not just actual isn't malice that the, isn't that the new tagline for uh, trump's re-election campaign <laughs> depraved make america Suffer from the again? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't. Um, I thought it was so, one sixty and counting. Here's here's what I find fascinating about all this is like, and you see this throughout what Trump does is there's two kinds of corruption that you see. There is the corruption that's more of the Machiavellian corruption, where it's like we're trying to manipulate the system in certain ways, mm -hmm. and then there's another level of corruption which is more of I just want there to be a bunch of graph that ultimately ingratiates me. Uh, if me is Trump, which right. God help me if that happens. Um, my question to you is, is this move, given that it's going through a Trump donor that all this data and, and they will benefit from this, is this move about Machiavellian corruption where they're trying to hide the numbers? 
or is it more uh, Trump uh, uh, grift corruption uh, where he's just trying to make some money and, and reward people who are loyal to him? You know, I'm going to have to go with por qué no los dos. So why not <laughs> <Right>. both? <laughs> you know, I, I think that ultimately the goal here, my, my suspicion is that it went something like this. Can't have those idiots at the CDC getting the numbers and releasing them to everybody. So they have to be filtered through somebody who I appointed or, you know, appointed who's not uh, confirmed or maybe somebody temporary. Anyway, somebody that's completely loyal to me, please get that done. And then the please get that done has the undertone of, if I get that done, I mean, make sure somebody who's going to give me some money gets some money for it because there is nothing more American, and I mean nothing, than making a profit on a crisis. Right. And that's so I don't think anybody said be sure to give the new technology contracts to Teletrack Inc. or, you know, somebody who, you know, somebody who donates. But I think that there is somebody, at least one person in the executive branch whose job it is to audit things, to make sure that as much as possible is go things are going to to people who have donated to the campaign. Like I, I. I, of course, I have no proof of that. I mean, you have circumstantial evidence. Yeah. Bum, bum, so here, back to law and order. But but like that right. is the thing. The, they are most competent at funneling money to people that they want to see get money. So, that, so my theory. They're one skill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my theory is that Trump is in a room or on a Zoom call. I don't know how that operates anymore. But basically that. He's just having a chat with this guy from Teletracking Technologies, and the guy's like, I can totally make this better. I'm a good friend of yours. You know, like, hook me up, and I'll make sure you get a cut. Like, it's like that sort of, like, direct, like, somebody ingratiates themselves with mm. Trump. Trump is like, we got to do this. We got to make this move. And, like, his people are like, uh, okay, I guess. And, and they make it happen because, you know, that's how they do. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Well, I don't know if we'll ever see. I kind of hope that, like, we won't see. in the long run, Biden becomes president, and there's just, like, even if there's no prosecutions, that we just have this just digging into this pile of shit that has been left behind and being like, and here is all of the treasure of corruption that has been happening for the last four years. I mean, but, one can only hope, right? Yes. Um, I, You know, and, and just kind of tying that off, I think, and we need to talk about this with the election as well, but like, this is about, you know, casting doubt on the numbers. Let me, let me take this, let's make it a, a crazy shit show and then point at it and say, look, you can't trust any of these numbers. You can't trust any of this. Who knows really what's going on? I mean, in that interview with, with uh, Swan for Axios, he was like, you, you don't know that. It's like, well, South Korea is, but you don't know that. You don't know any of this as if the science isn't there. Right. And that is that is what is happening here. I think it's not even as much hiding the numbers. They don't care if the numbers are out yeah, there. They, yeah. They just want people to not trust them. They just want to have a toehold to say, ah, well, could be anything. Yeah. Could be could be 160,000 people dead. It could be 1.6 people. You don't know. It's just Trump a little doesn't decimal have point. to be Trump doesn't have to be right. He just needs there to be no objective notion of what is true. Yes. That's it. That's, a, that's how his whole system is operated from day one. And then, so Ohio Governor Mike DeWine tested positive this week. And I was like, that is kind of a bummer. He's a Republican. 
but he also has been somebody who said we need to take this seriously. Yeah, he's done the, the right government thing. Government is he's he's been doing on. the right things. Um, he defended his his head of uh, health, um, you know, sort of state health when she was attacked. Um, so he tested positive and was like, that's a bummer. And then he tested negative, and I was like, oh boy, here we go. Now it's going to be so. This is somebody that Fox News would have reported on, and they're going to say like, well, can you really trust the tests anyway? Maybe all the tests are just doing false positives. Maybe there are only four people in the country who've gotten coronavirus. Um, yeah. I, I, so that makes me that makes me scared. That makes me scared. Much like this is going to be a bad segue. Yes. Creepy on, cardboard cutouts in baseball stadiums. Like, what the hell is with that? Like, come on, guys. You've got computers. Just, just. Just render this shit. I don't, I really, like on, they do just, better crowds in you know Madden 20. Just use the same technology. Just put them in put there. Put it in there. Call it good. I did see Bernie from Weekend and Bernie's uh, in a screen cap this week. Somebody tossed that in there, which That's is appropriate. Which good. is which is appropriate. Yeah, I, and, and there's yeah. So baseball's been struggling a bit with COVID because they're they're not in a bubble. They're you know so the they have to kind of trust the players to do the right thing, which is not really a good idea. Um, you know, so I know that the, the Phillies had issues, the Marlins had issues. Um, I don't know if it's, I haven't heard about any other teams. Um, I don't know if you have. Uh, well, didn't they just cancel the Cubs Cardinals series? I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly having trouble caring about baseball. Oh yeah. I, yeah. The I mean, only, well, the only thing I feel fair, is I like I care about baseball most of the time anyhow. But I, I, I just I have taken some solace. I'm like I'm glad they're pay, playing because I think they still have to pay their players. And generally speaking, I think sports owners are terrible people, and I would like to see them have to spend money and not get any money. That's yeah, you know. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, well, maybe somehow this is hurting the Ricketts family. Yeah, that'd be nice. So I'm okay with that, right? <laughs> I'm yeah, okay with uh, hurting the, the Ricketts family. You can tell I'm a, I'm a loyal baseball fan that I didn't realize the Cubs Cardinals series had had any interruption. <laughs> I, I don't I'm actually sure. even know what that means. <coughs> I'm more of a football fan, but we've covered that. Which, yeah, which we which haven't gotten to. Which, uh, they are planning to follow baseball's model, so good luck to them. Yeah. Uh, but they're starting trading camp soon, but they aren't planning to do a bubble. Um, the NHL and NBA, they're both doing bubble models and they seem to be working okay. So yeah, MLS also bubbled. Yeah. MLS also bubbled in the same yeah, place is, as the, uh... there is a right way to do it. You just, you know, it's just requires a lot more resources and planning and, you know, obviously it's hard to say we're going to hold a, you know, 17 week football season where everybody's going to be locked in a hotel room the whole time. But if you want to have football, that's probably what you have to I, do. Well, I know this is a very, you know, sort of detail oriented thing, but I don't think you could because unless you did it in a place with artificial turf, because you would destroy a field in that many well, games. So here's, here's how you, well, okay. I, you know what? It's, it's a, it's a totally separate thing from this conversation. We'll have to do a, a different do podcast. This. How do there's we do absolute, Yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a, a little sidebar podcast for that or something, but yeah, there's, a, there are ways you could do it if you wanted to, but. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, that's sports. Who cares? Uh, what you drinking? <laughs> what am I drinking? You know, uh, you're going to appreciate this. I am drinking a beer for tacos. 
You can't nice. see it. It's too white. That's one yeah, of my favorites. Yeah, beer for tacos from uh, your friends there at Off Color Brewing. Um, I, you know, I picked it up. I was uh, shameless plug. Uh, I'm on the, the the steering committee for a, a nonprofit political group called Northside Democracy for America. We're doing a fundraiser right now. So if you go to NorthsideDemocracyForAmerica.com or find us on Facebook, you can bid on some items. And one of those is a uh, North Side of Chicago craft beer pack. And so I was getting a bunch of different beer uh, from wow. breweries on the North Side as a sampler. And this was one of the uh, this was one of the things I picked up. It just it looked very tasty. This is a, a Goza style beer um, with lime juice and salt added. Um, a little bit like you know I had been drinking that Stone. Uh, Cerveza Beza, Buena Beza, Buena Beza, um, which also had some salt and lime added ahead of time. And I've got to tell you, I was driving around a little earlier. It's hot outside. Top was down. I was sweating a little bit. I came in. I opened this thing up, and it was like, all oh, is yeah. good. It, it, is, it, it, it is. It really, drinks like really good. a margarita. Like it's got you know a little like an effervescent, like slightly lighter flavored margarita yeah. it's so good just and because um, it's a gerza it's a little sour right like it's not yeah. you know it's not like taking a lager and adding it to it it's it's just yeah you get a little just, bit of that kind of limey vibe to mm. it because of the sour and the lime and the so it's, mm. it's it's okay it um, also has secret ingredients yes. coriander pink himalayan salt really okay cocktail sure. inspired this is all good yeah. i love this beer Love this beer. What about you? Um, I would you got I would like to be drinking that beer right now because I'm I'm out of that one. But uh, a solid Plan B, the Dovetail Lager. Ah, uh, very nice, very nice. I What's interesting one is that Dovetail. Here's here's how like legit they are in terms of like doing like German style beers. They have not one, not two, but three different styles of lager. So this is the just lager. Then they also have a Hell's Lager and they have a Vienna style lager. Oh. So, well, yeah, I mean. That's technically two German lagers and a Austrian lager, but who's who's being picky Depends on, on who's beer invading podcast. who at that particular time? Yeah, you know, exactly. Lebensstrom, no Lebensstrom. It's fine. All right, so it's fine. Yeah. So that's our beer. Uh, For now, let's talk about Trump's mastery of the English language. <laughs> uh, Thailand. <laughs> I mean. Thailand. I mean, first of all, there must have been a hundred places already called Thailand, none of which we can talk about on the podcast. Right? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's, there's a fried chicken joint called Thailand, and I would totally eat there. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's every that's other one of the places is a strip club. Let's be clear. Yeah, <laughs> you hope. I mean, I mean, that's probably <laughs> the median, but there's in the wholesome to not wholesome. There are probably some yeah, things further, uh, further outliers on the other side. Also, yo, Semite, which yes. I I heard today, uh, there was a, there's a, a, a history, there's a museum of Jewish his, Jewish history that had a T-shirt already that said yo Semite in logs like from a log cabin, so it already existed. Right. They had it up on their website, and then all of a sudden, you know. The big hey. tidal wave hit, and they changed their website to say, you know, due to recent events, we've had extraordinary interest in our Yo Semite T-shirt, and 
See, Trump's just doing them a solid, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's, he's We're a, filling orders as quickly as possible. Well, and you know that's going to happen. He's going to say, well, if it weren't for me, they, nobody would know. I've done right? more for uh, Jewish Americans than any president in history, uh, yeah. any president in any country ever. Nobody's done more. Okay. Um, but yes, yo, yo Semite. I, I, when did, I, did, did yeah. we cover the man, woman, people, TV camera thing? I feel like we, we did cover that. I, in our I, last podcast. I, I don't know. It's so far, so long ago. Yeah. Um, I just, all very, I got it in the right order stuff, though. Right? So just, just for the record. So my memory's just fine. Man, woman, person, man, woman, person, camera, uh, TV, camera, TV, right, something like that. TV camera. I think it's TV camera. Uh, oh, I thought it was uh, Lager, Hellas Lager, Vienna Lager, Goza. No, Star no. IPA. Yeah. Oh, did I get them wrong? Um, <laughs> so anyhow. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's It's Trump, been a typical Trump. week for Trump, right? Yeah. Turns out he's not so bright. Uh, but, and, oh, yes. And also, like, I feel like he's doing a better job of pissing people off lately. I mean, now granted, he's been pissing me off since well before he got elected. And, and I believe you as well. And, and many people who are not a fan of his, but he's pissing off kind of the wrong people right now, which I think is an interesting term. Yeah. Uh, Speak, so you think he got on the phone with Sheldon Adelson and said, yo, Semite, right. I need you to give me some money. You're yeah. not spending enough money on my, uh, on my campaign. Yeah, he's Mr. on a Adelson. conversation with Sheldon Allison, which if you don't know him, he was like the guy who bankrolled Newt Gingrich when, when Gingrich ran that last time. Uh, he's a, a casino owner, yep. uh, filthy, filthy rich uh, casino owner. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, apparently Trump was on a call with him for unrelated purposes and started kind of attacking him for not doing enough for, for Trump's re-election campaign with no knowledge about what Shuttle, Shuttle, Sheldon Edelson was actually doing. So Yeah, so he, I mean, I think the, uh, the idea was that the purpose of the call was about what to do about the economy, and he yeah. turned it around to something else, right? And so he owns the Sands ca Casino and a few others. Um, did, did Trump make it about himself? I, <laughs> potentially. It sometimes happens. And the other, the other thing to think about this, remember Sheldon Adelson's wife was given in a, you know, the president gave her a award. I don't think it was the presidential medal of freedom, but you know, like, you know, he's been a big donor for a long time. I mean, oh, yeah. some would say sort of the linchpin in Republican billionaire donating, which God, why does it need a linchpin? Um, there, there's, yeah, there's lots of linchpins, but <laughs> not a person you want to, not a person you want to piss off. He's, you, you can't do anything to hurt him. He has got fu money, you know. I mean, oh yeah. So like, why, uh, why keep, are you doing that? Keep doing that, there, Trumpy. Keep it up. Keep it up. And of course, now every other Republican on the ballot is a little afraid, right? They're down ballot Republicans from the Senate all the way on down. There's probably some inflection point actually where people are like, uh, maybe now I got to be extra Trumpy. Um, on, you know, in, in some of those house races, but it's, it's all, it's all a little scary yeah. for Republicans because Trump doesn't care about them. He cares about himself. Right. And he's and not he, polling particularly well right now. And he's been spending a lot of time trying to undermine the credibility of the election. And in particular, he's been going after mail-in voting and saying that mail-in voting isn't secure. It's going to, you know, it's too easy to get it, you know, uh, get people corrupting it. Uh, the problem that down ballot Republicans have is that 
they get the votes of a lot of old people who tend to vote by mail anyhow and are more likely to do so given the Rona. And they're like, well, we don't want them. We want them yeah. to feel perfectly comfortable mailing in their ballots because we need their votes. And Trump, whether he knows it or not, needs their votes as well. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, the really interesting thing here. So first of all, even if it actually helps Republicans more, I, I firmly believe that voting should be easier. Oh, yeah. And it, like 100%, like mail-in voting, absolutely. I'm not quite ready for electronic voting, if I'm honest with you. But they've successfully done it in other countries where nobody cares who wins. But they, I think here, <laughs> I would, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for that. Well, and the, yeah, and the, the Constitution says states have to run it, so that's not going to work. But like mail-in voting, I'm all for. Absentee, you know, early voting absolutely felons you can vote like if you are a citizen you should be able to vote that's my my feeling yeah. um, as easy as possible as safely as possible all of the research says it doesn't help one party or another so you know the only reason for donald trump to be doing this is the in case i lose i can i can point to something i can say that i was somehow cheated i can i you know so and, this gets me to another question. Yeah, for you. go ahead. Um, so, so Trump's been talking about this, talking about how effectively that the election has been rigged even before the election has happened. Do you think that he is going to take actions to actively undermine the election? Like, you know, doing something to screw up the mail-in votes, doing something to already you know, doing that. affect polling places. Already um, doing that. Uh or do you think it's more about having an excuse at the end of time, at the end of all of this? So, he, so like whatever happens, you know, he'll do a little bit, but he's not going to really do that much because he's a little lazy and incompetent. But he wants to have a way when all of a sudden done to be like, yeah, that was all that was all BS, and and it was always BS, and 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 everybody loves me, and and just sort of defend his ego. Yeah, I look, I mean. He's doing things to impact mail-in voting already between yeah. actively saying that it's all a fraud, except in Florida where it's fine because somehow Florida's run by a Republican who is an idiot. But, you know, in Florida, it's fine because I'm going to vote there. But, you know, all of the things that are happening at the Postal Service are designed to make it ineffective and mm -hmm. make it so people don't trust it. So he's already doing that part. Um, I think in certain states with Republican uh, executives, they will do things to continue to close uh, polling places, and they'll do it, you know. Oh yeah, the state with no it. shame. That's well, but that's. Rolling. Yeah. But I think I think that you know Donald Trump will say I'm I'm directing state governments to close, you know, to not do early voting or to close centers or populations are above X or, you know, whatever that is. It, look, the numbers will be out there, presumably, unless they get lost by that stupid ass company, for somebody to take that data, overlay it with voting data, and be able to say, if you close these, you know, 700 polling stations across the country, 
you can drive voter turnout amongst Democrats down X percent. That that there are people who are working that on that. I'm absolutely positive. It's it, all that data is there. Yeah. So, well, and I think that there are certainly across the Republican Party and some part of the people who work for Trump are doing that. I don't know that Trump is like has any clue or really even gives a shit about all of that. He's just like, it's all a fraud. And and I don't know that he executes it a step further than that. Well, but that's, you know. I mean, it doesn't make it any less of a problem, let me yeah. be clear. And, and I think just like, he's results like oriented. And the like people around them are, are, are empowered to do whatever they want, yeah. right? I feel so like why wouldn't a, you? This sort of ongoing debate in my head about Trump is it, is it corruption or is it incompetence? And for your comment earlier, why not both? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it is a little bit of both. I think it's also empowerment of more competent corruption, right? So yeah, yeah, he may not be able to figure all these things out, but there are people who can, right? There are very very smart people who look at this and say, these are opportunities for me to influence things, make some yeah. money and ingratiate myself with the president, you know, and, and they would rather do that than uh, maybe what is morally or ethically uh, better. Anyway, anyway, oh, what do you got Apex there? Predator. Apex Predator, another off color. Very nice. Very nice. Much like Joe Biden's jokes, off color. Indeed. Eventually, our presidential race segment is going to turn into who seemed the least crazy this week. I right. mean, that's really, that's really what it's going to be. Right, right. Um, I, I need to ask a couple of questions. Do you have WeChat or TikTok on your phone? Uh, I do not. Uh, I'm, I'm too, like, actually I tried to install TikTok and asked what my, what my birthday was. And it said, you're too old to install this. And, and it wouldn't buy. Hmm. <laughs> Just remember Elizabeth Warren had a TikTok, but yes, I, you know, people or people were running that. It wasn't her. They, yeah. You know. And I, I just want to touch on this briefly. I don't, uh, this is one of those areas where I don't understand how people deal with the cognitive dissonance. I suspect, you know, TikTok is like most technology uh, companies, since it's free, you know, you're the thing, you are the product, right? Oh yeah. So are TikTok's privacy, or is, is there some problematic stuff in TikTok's privacy policy and the way they deal with data? I'm absolutely positive. Is it yes. more or less uh, problematic than Facebook? I'm not sure. You know, and like, this is one of those things where free market, free market, we shouldn't do anything. The government needs to leave everything alone except that company. Could we take that company, just take that company and sell it to an American company? It's not get rid of it. Don't get rid of that company, which would yeah. be a better thing, objectively, a, a better thing. But if we're selling our, if, if an American company can sell your data with impunity, that's somehow better, which is the thing that is bothering me. And I, and I will happily rant about Facebook all day. Um, you know, I, uh, and Instagram and all of those things. And it's actually a big part of my, uh, the technology and, and 
thinking about yeah the I, I rant about Facebook on Facebook all the time. I, uh, I see that um, <laughs> anyway I just wanted to I just wanted to toss also, that out there we're streaming on Facebook so yeah, I know what are you gonna I know do? we're probably just that's why we don't get any views Steve we're getting, yeah we, we're getting demoted we complain about it so uh, another interesting thing uh, my wife was laid off for a week um, the state of Illinois the IDES the inter in Illinois Department of uh, Employment Security very quickly turned around uh, a check, a $600 check. We got the $600 check from the government that we are uh, taking suggestions for progressive groups to give that to. So uh, if you or anybody watching has an idea for somebody to give that check to, we're gonna take that, uh, we're gonna take that special check and make sure that somebody, somebody who needs it more than we do gets it. Yeah, um, looking for anybody, personal pack is good. But I don't know. There are so many good causes out there. Uh, and unfortunately, nobody else is getting one because Congress can't agree to. Yeah. So, so Congress, I think what's driving me the most insane about this is that uh, the House passed a bill back in like May for yeah. uh, a second stimulus uh, package. Second stimulus, third stimulus, a new stimulus. There's been several, I think. Yeah, uh, stimuli. And it sat in the Senate on Mitch McConnell's desk. I imagine like there's actually like a part of his desk that has like a stack of folders that like literally goes up to the ceiling of things the House has done that he hasn't touched. Right. And um, yeah, so it got ignored. And then suddenly there's like all this like last minute negotiations about what we're going to do. Uh, which has led to uh, several three-day weekends. Uh, uh, the House is actually out of session next week, so don't anything to get done on that. Um, yeah, because, you know, the, and, and so there, you could make a fair case to say that, you know, maybe there's some negotiation to happen over the $600 a week uh, supplemental going on. And, and just for background for everybody, so the way things worked with the first stimulus was, if you were unemployed, in addition to an extension of just the core unemployment benefits, there was also a $600 per week supplement. So yeah. up to potentially $2,400 a month, which is a, a good chunk of money, uh, you know, if, especially if you're in a position where you are working a, a lower wage job. And so Republicans have concerns that people aren't going to go take jobs because they're getting all this extra money because right. it's paying more than what they're getting paid in the first place. Which is a whole other problem. Which is a whole other problem <laughs> that, that that is going to make the difference between, you know, uh, oh, I'm going to take that job versus, well, I can make enough more, make more money not working. Um, and we have statistics to prove that that's not actually happening, that people are still looking right. for jobs. Um, because everybody knows it's going to run out at some point and they would rather be employed. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, that's not been extended. There's no middle ground of saying, okay, well, we're going to do $300 a week or 400 or, you know, even I think you can make a realistic case to say, hey, we're just going to say you get 100% of what you were being paid before. Yeah. yeah and I, I think they avoided that originally because they're like, they were thinking people who have, you know, are getting paid $150,000 who get laid off. You don't want to pay 100% of what they're necessarily making. So you give $600 a week and call it good. And it was actually just a screw up in the original bill that it went to anybody, no matter what their wage was. And Bernie Sanders yeah. fought to keep it in there. He's like, I'm going to submarine this whole damn thing if you try to take that out. And so that's how that even happened in the first place. 
I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, at some point, it's like expediency was more important than, you know, some other, you know, than trying to be very targeted with it. And the thing is, we've had so much time that we could have gotten a, a very targeted, very helpful bill together. Um, yeah. But, you know, and you know, months you, to figure this out. Yeah. And you hear it, you hear what people are saying in Congress and the White House, and it's like, well, we want this, and you know, we've proposed this, and the other side doesn't want it, and the other side's like, ah, they haven't done anything, they won't compromise at all, and that's kind of setting up for, you know, and I think the strategy from the White House is, and honestly from Senate Republicans as well, is like, Let's just let the White House do everything. Let's let Trump try to do everything with executive order. And when it's against the law, if it is, then the Democrats can try to sue to stop some help from getting to people, or then the president gets the credit for it. But, you know, they're, they're in a complete, you know, a complete mode of, it doesn't matter if it helps anybody. If it helps yeah. the Democrats, then we're going well, to deny people that opportunity. And I think that a lot of Republicans are of a mind at this point that this, the, 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 the math on this is already settled. Like Trump is such a train wreck that unless something just sort of drastic surprisingly happens, like the, the, the losses are baked in right now. Like they're going to lose some seats. They might lose the Senate. Um, and so they're starting to think towards what are we looking at next January? And let's like leave as much of a shit sandwich for for Biden and and what and the Democratic Congress, and and make it a, and we'll just sit there and we'll obstruct things and we'll make them look like they're to blame for all of this, as as the check comes due for all of what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not as I, I'm not as bullish on all the numbers. Talk to me in September. Talk to me in mid September. We'll see what the job numbers are. We'll see what the well, my Sharona numbers are. I mean, like um, we've seen, yeah, like unemployment's come down to like ten point something percent, which you know is hey, terrible. It's improved. It's but, improved. It's also the worst unemployment we've had since the Great Depression, and and it's only gotten nominally better because things have opened up too quickly, and that has caused a spike in cases. Like, and and that's part of why they're pushing for schools to be open is they don't want you know they don't want they want that to help their unemployment numbers. Like, yeah. Stop. Just yeah. Stop. Yeah. 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 <sighs> uh, okay. So, right. so let's can we, we the agenda real quick. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. He got the COVID. He probably got the COVID at that Tulsa rally, and he is now dead. Uh, Weird, creepy side effect of this is that his Twitter account was still active long after he was dead. And I, I wondered, like, when did he stop tweeting? Or was he even ever tweeting in the first place? Because clearly, like, like he yeah. was, like, like, the day before he died, there was active tweeting going on. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he didn't just, like, I'm like, I'm doing fine. I'm on my Twitter. And then just suddenly fall over. Like, that's not no. how it works. So weird little random thing uh i mean sad but, that he died because every death is sad but i wouldn't call it a tragic death you know i, I didn't really have anything against herman cain yeah I, you know 
he was Herman Cain is or was to me sort of the prototypical Republican non-politician candidate for president, right? Like, yeah. well, I bootstraps, you know, I've done this thing. I'm a business guy. Pro business, yeah. And like he was ahead at one point when he was running. It's like nine 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 plan. Then everybody's like, actually he's insane. That's he's insane. But you know, I, back, I wouldn't have had anything was, against uh, him. Back yeah. when that was something that would keep you out of the election. Right. 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 <laughs> um you should have grabbed the uh grabbed those people by the pizza. By, right. the, by the pizza. See that works both ways. Anyway, he you know, up until he started spouting or respouting, or maybe it was just that somebody else, you know, that somebody in the RNC, frankly, owned his Twitter account and was saying masks are tyranny, you know, uh, this is all fake news, right? And that's the, that's the thing where I say, it's you should not use your bully pulpit, pulpit to put people in danger and this is what happens. This is what happens yeah. for it. And, I, and and the other person who is recently doing the exact same shit is Louis Gohmert. Yeah. Uh, who has been guy. anti-mask from day one, like refu- like won't let people with masks into his office kind of thing. And he, of course, has COVID now. Um, as far right. as I've gathered, he is doing okay. There's not been hospitalized or anything like that. But and he's taken hydroxycut or hydroxychloroquine. Of course he is. One of those two things. And of course, the best part about that to me is like, my body, my choice. Without a shred of irony. Like, uh, of course. Pardon me, sir. Uh, uh, I just wanted to, uh, you know what? Never mind. You're not going to get it. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, so that's that. Um, so we talked about the Postal Service having problems. They've lost money. Uh, there's been a bunch of changes with the management structure of the Postal Service. And of course, you know, because Friday after midnight, that happens right. all the time. Totally normal. Totally normal. Right. right. Uh, for a mega donor you know, to be put in charge and then we'll uh, slow down service and fire everybody. Yeah. And we like there's been reports of like Postal Service just generally being worse of late um, delays and things like that because they're short staffing things. And, you know, well, it's really what should happen them, is. So- yeah, I mean, we need to get more money to the post office. That's priority one. But, you know, ultimately, if you have the wrong people in charge, uh, I don't know how much the money is going to help. Yeah. So we'll see. So flatten the ballot curve, right? It's, yes. uh, get your ballots yeah, requested so get your ballots now. in early. Yep. Get them in. Get them out there. All right. Um, it's a little international news. Beirut. Uh, holy Oof. shit. Uh, I don't have anything really to say about it except for, like, the... So we saw the video of the explosion. And I'm like, oh, that's a big explosion. And then I saw the photos of the city after the explosion. And like, yeah. oh my God, like it's just decimation. Uh, and the somebody, I saw a, a picture that had overlaid the blast radius on Chicago. Yeah. And so if the if it had happened at Navy Pier, our windows would have been blown out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, four and a half, five miles away. Um, and, you know, the story of this is that it was a, a Russian oligarch bought a ship full of, you know, uh, potassium nitrate or, yeah, and like lost his cellar. Ammonium and it was, nitrate. Ammonium nitrate, thank you. It lost his cellar and just like, you know what, I'm just going to leave this here. I'm good. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it here. 
and it got offloaded into a into a warehouse and it's been there for years for years just stored hmm. stacked up um and i mean I, you know thinking about places that need help right like you know people that need help the folks in beirut you know lebanon was already in a kind of a bad way a bad state economically um this is coming up on the uh verdict of the trial for the the folks who were accused of uh killing president harari uh, a number of years ago so you know some, some tension there um and you know instantly helped out by president trump saying it was an attack oh it's kind of attack which you know kind of segues into the election and the you know the anti-truth pro fear campaign that's going to be run by the incumbent yes so uh we haven't quite figured out what we're going to call the election circus because it doesn't feel like it's it's a circus no. perhaps election thunderdome i feel like it needs to have a more apocalyptic vibe to it uh vote or die possibly i, I, I like that uh, who knows uh That's something like that we do need suggestions though i mean don't get me wrong i think we should still have calliopes involved in the music for it but you know we'll figure it out yeah exactly but maybe so, the calliope is on fire right um, i so I wanted, there was a point that I put in our, our agenda today that I just want to touch on. Um, and it's, it, the top line is, I think our democracy would be better without Facebook or Twitter. Um, and, you know, I, I am seeing a constant stream on my Facebook feed of people sharing things that are simply not true. And I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes and also yeah but you know and you see that and there are people they're they don't see it they're not reading it really they're just passing it on right yeah. and you can click the fact check thing but then you read things that say there is an internal policy at facebook to not fact check things as hard from conservative sources because of the pr aspect of it and they pay the daily caller to do fa to do fact checking who is also paid by the rnc and the yeah. trump campaign or the make well, I mean, america great again pack i mean this is ultimately facebook is just a, they are an app, a company that sells ads and so they need to appeal to as broad an audience as possible they don't want to piss people off and if they want conservative people who are going to the type of people who would read daily caller they need to have that be part of their whole system which is i think it's more stupid. than that i think it's okay. it's more than just saying we need to appeal to everybody because we sell ads i think it is a a conscious effort to either you know both sidesism um yeah. or to say we can make more money from from these folks and so we're going to pretend like you know pretend like we're doing something reasonable and not yeah. and i you know i i think again I, I you will you will probably not see any political posts from me on facebook outside of this one um because of that i you know i think it's a it's a division engine at this point um it's only it can only serve negative purposes. There won't be a single person convinced 
um, to change an opinion or to take something that was in there that they had heard from somebody else that's wrong and say, actually, you know what, mail-in voting is fine. Um, yeah. You know what? Yeah, there is no pedophile ring being run out of a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. think if you're looking at it as a place to change opinions, mm -hmm. uh, look elsewhere. Um, I mean, just on the basis of the science on on how Changing we opinions. form opinions yeah. and whatever. Like, it's not how this all of this work. Um, I do see it as some place to help inform people who generally do agree with me. Like, here's something you didn't necessarily think about. Here's a new way to think about um, how to, you know, approach the way government spends money, things like that. Uh, if you're on there to like have a discussion, discussion with uh, crazy Uncle Liberty who is talking about his freedoms and masks, just, just stop. wait a minute. How are you seeing my Facebook feed? The, right. Uh, well, and I think even bubbles to some extent are not a healthy thing. So, well, yeah, we and it's always the challenge of like, you know, you don't want to create a bubble, but at the same time, do you, how many times do you want to deal with the idiot who's clearly like has an aggressively wrong, like not even wrong opinion, but just wrong on the facts yeah. problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, uh, anyway, I'm right. sorry. I, and I don't to, want to go off on a rant Facebook on that. Enough on Facebook. So I think that's, we'll move on that's true. That. Um, uh, do you want to talk about the, the conventions? Do you want to talk about Biden's really nice interview, probably his first tough interview in months from yeah. this last week? Uh, I mean, there was the <laughs> Biden was Biden. Uh, he he yeah. totally Biden that. He totally. Biden'd I don't think that. we need to spend dwell on this much. Biden's going to say stupid things because he's always saying stupid things. His most recent one things. is commenting on the diversity of the Latino voters versus the black voters. I, I think if probably if you sat down and had a 30 minute conversation with him about that, he could get into the nuances of it and explain to you what he really meant. But he sounded like an, he sounded bad. It sounded racist. We're still going to vote for him because it's way better than Trump I, and move on. So two things I'll say about that. One is that yeah. I didn't feel like it sounded particularly racist as much as it sounded like the same things before. You know, you should anybody, any African-American should vote for me. You know, yeah. any any person of color should vote for me. That that's, but the fact that he acknowledged that, you know, there are sub communities inside of the Latino community is is something that doesn't get talked about a lot, um, yeah. and a and a good and fine thing. Um, but you see, I'm not positive that that was the craziest thing he said in that interview, because when he was asked if he had taken a cognitive test, his response was. Well, did they make you take a test to see if you're doing cocaine before you came out here? Like that that's also pretty crazy. That is also pretty crazy. Uh, and so, yet, you know, we can I will vote for him in a heartbeat. I, uh, I will that's get true. that ballot. I am going to put it in the mail immediately. I will crawl over glass if somebody spills glass in our lobby that's between me and the mailbox. It <laughs> will happen. Will happen probably on your 46th birthday. Right. Um, uh, so, the DNC D starts August 17th. So NC. We are just under, just over a week away from that. Uh, I suspect we probably won't do another recording before the DNC actually starts. Yeah, so, I doubt it. I mean, let's talk about you it. You can briefly. be rest assured that part of the DNC has already been recorded, right? This is going to be this weird multimedia thing. You know, they're recording videos, it's yeah. be heavily produced. Um, it looks like uh, Warren Sanders are going to speak. The Obamas, the Clintons are going to speak. I mean, 
John Kasich. Of course. Of course, John Kasich. We like to have a Republican speak at the DNC. Like it always makes us feel like, look, see, see, you guys agree with us. And then we, and then they, and then there's a crazy Democrat who then talks to the Republicans. It's, it's all the same game. I don't see this magically changing anything. Like normally there's like a big, like in-person crowd and there's all this sort of like, you know, all these talking points around it. And like, there's a little bit of a shift of like, oh yeah, no, I really like these guys. They put on a good show. And you know that fades, but at least there's a yeah. a move temporary. The bounce, the bounce. Yeah. I think there will be no bounce. I don't think there. There's well, gonna, you know, be any bounce. maybe the VP pick might have some effect. On it might. So, uh, we've got a list. We've got a yeah. list here of potential VPs. Everybody's got their list. So here's um, yeah, here's the ones that have been sort of talked about as as being in the discussions: Kamala Harris, Susan Rice, Gretchen Whitmer, Karen Bass. Elizabeth Warren and Tammy Duckworth. Um, I'm going to put it out there right now that since Elizabeth Warren is already listed on the agenda as speaking, she is probably not in the VP pick speculation. I tend to agree. Okay. Uh, who is your current baseless speculation? Who do you think is going to be the VP pick? Susan Rice. Okay. And this has been consistent for me. It's been like this for three weeks, four weeks now. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Susan Rice. Susan yep. Rice. Yep. I'm going with Michelle Obama. Because if I'm right, I'm going to look like a genius. <laughs> You're like the guy who's like, well, I'm going to play fantasy football and I'm drafting, you know, Tebow. whoever, you know, who's playing for the Cardinals. You're like, that guy doesn't even start. Yeah. But if he does. But he will. Every you know, ball is like, getting thrown to him, you know, and I'm going to be a, a genius. Here's the thing to understand about the way the punditry works. If I'm wrong, nobody cares. But if I'm like the one person who's like, no, it's going to be Michelle Obama, and it turns out she is, I look like a genius. There's no way. There's zero <laughs> chance. There's, nah, she's maybe there's zero point no 0.001% chance. Yeah, you know. I mean, she's going to be uh, on stage, so, you know. Who knows? Maybe yeah. they'll just be like, and here's one more thing. And Biden comes out and is like, and she's a vice president. Woo-hoo! Right. Who knows? And I'm, I'm resigning on day one. The, right. So I, I, I would just I say that you had some, timeline. you know, some, uh, a little bit of a, a paradox there because you said Elizabeth Warren is not going to be VP pick. Right. Simply because she was already on the speakers list. Right. No, that's, that's what's genius about this. Uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think of the Karen Bass? What do you think of Karen Bass? Uh, I don't have a strong opinion on her. I know there's been, <clears throat> like, she was kind of a, a front runner, which I find hilarious. Like, like, there's a horse race for a VP pick, and the only people deciding this is Joe Biden. So yeah. I don't know how that works, but uh, I know there's been a little bit of, like, well, you know, she might piss off Cubans or something. I don't yeah, that's the thing. Like, Everybody's got downsides. I mean, we can talk about it, but I don't really care who the VP is. I, like, I, I don't. Even... I mean, I I would love it if it was a like a strong progressive. Um, you know, none of the people on the list really excite me. Um, you know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Kamala Harris in in the debate, just just putting knives in in. Uh, Pence. Um, I love to see her on the campaign trail just dissecting Trump. Yeah. But 
but from somebody that I would like to see become president, if if it turns out that Joe Biden's really old. Um, turns out he is. Oh well, you know. I'm not uh, a doctor, but it yeah, turns out he is. Nobody who's on the list that's that's likely to be picked is somebody I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. But you know, I'd love to see. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I you know, Karen Bass is interesting. I you know, but she's a woman of color from California. If he's going to take choose a woman of color from California, it's going to be Kamala Harris because Kamala Harris is an amazing, you know, she's an amazing debater. She's really good on the stump. Yeah. You know, she, she's supremely intelligent and competent. Like, like I, I think that she would be, I would, I would even be a little excited about her. I know again, everybody's got some downsides, right? Kamala Harris was a former prosecutor. Susan Rice is rich and got money in a lot of places. Nobody likes Gretchen Whitmer. Benghazi. Yeah, it's got all that money invested in Benghazi. I, I don't know any downsides to Gretchen Whitmer other than the fact that I don't think she really wants the job. Um, Elizabeth Warren is also older. Um, Tammy Duckworth, you know, progressives don't really like Tammy her Duckworth. either because, she, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, so everybody's got some downsides, um, you know, and you see we, we don't have uh, the, the former police chief from Orlando on here anymore. I mean, it is funny that you called it a horse race where there's, you know, the race is being decided by one person. Maybe right. the horse like, there is, is like people's voices yelling about it. Are, are standing outside the stables and there's somebody walking by and like, and you win. Like that's, that's the horse. Yeah. Right there. so there's no you're, running. You're fine. Um, we've fine. got a, a little bit of a time cap today. So yeah. I think we need to get to Illinois politics because we have Illinois politics to talk about. We have, I'm so it, happy. It's we about time. Remember we had, remember... <laughs> Remember those days, Steve, we would every week like, have our segments on this week on who's in jail in Illinois politics. You now know, we're back. And I feel like, you know, we've had corruption, like, but like, this is like old school machine, like standard corruption. It's like, yeah, yeah it, is, it. it is gourmet corruption. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, you could just see somebody describing it, you know, like, but when people want real corruption, they come... To the source they come to the that's place right. that's right where it was like, all invented like, i'm sure new jersey like you know it's, it's almost there but this is like michelin three-star uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you can even see the guys in in new jersey going that's some yeah. top-notch yeah, stuff there like, guys uh, I think they game recognizing game all right so, so <laughs> mike madigan who uh is the uh the speaker of the house in uh -huh. illinois he runs the house he's yeah all powerful King Madigan. Um, for the, yeah, like nobody really challenges him in any meaningful way. He's been there since Reagan. He's been wow. there since, like, we're doing this on laptops and streaming and Zoom. Like, PCs were not really a thing when Madigan came into office. Okay. He's been there forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've always had the sense that there's corrupt things going on. And finally, we know the, the outlines of what that corruption is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. So, so it, this is the best thing. Comed, Comed is like, look, we want to make sure we can set the rates to whoever we want. Yes, and, and they're uh, the power company in Illinois. Level. If you're, yeah. you're part of our national, they're not from Illinois. So, Commonwealth Edison, um, the wealth isn't that common, to be honest. So, <laughs> so essentially, they're just handing out contracts, and 
paying off people to, you know, contracts to people who are associates, support, strong supporters of Madigan. And this does have a lot of echoes into what we talked about before, right? It's the heuristic for how you make decisions. Well, that guy supports Madigan, or that guy supports Trump. I hate to make those parallels, but they're there. We're going to push money in that direction. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like 150 yeah, something million like dollars benefit for ComEd in, in various legislative changes that benefited ComEd. Uh, ComEd hired people who were associated with Madigan, uh, issued contracts and subcontracts to uh, Madigan friendly people. Uh, you know, this is like the standard graft and, uh, yeah. and you know, just so old school. Uh, it, it is. And, and so, you know, Michael Madigan, and this is something that's really important, is somebody who, above all things, is pretty skittish about everything. I mean, yeah. he is like the little kind of rat thing in Ice Age, you know, who's got the, the acorn and is terrified of everything all the time. Like, he doesn't do things on the phone, right? He doesn't want email. He always has a firewall built around him. And we saw that with the sexual harassment harassment scandal before right like can't yeah. keep right back to him but there is you know what's going to happen here you know with comed and at&t and walgreens and other folks is you're going to see like a chalk outline of michael madigan in the middle of all of these things right so yes. yeah. you might not see somebody saying yes i gave michael madigan this number of dollars but you're going to see I, you know, I'm Michael Madigan's son or cousin or brother or best friend or neighbor. And I got a job where I did nothing for ComEd and made $250,000 a year. Or I was a lobbyist who worked for, and I got these things passed. Yeah. You know, two and, days and after I did this, well Michael Madigan put these rules on the floor to be voted on and made yeah. sure they got done. So, yeah. And, and, and the, the, the trick is going to be getting to that, that the true connection, that quid pro quo, because, because ComEd can reasonably claim like, oh, well, we were just, we, you know, we knew these people were connected to Madigan. And so we want to make sure that they were happy so that they would help with Madigan, which is, which is corrupt, but not necessarily illegal, uh, because that's how our system is, although they have sort of admitted to bribery at this point. So uh, that's in play, but well, yeah. um, and you get to the corrupt or ignorant you know, like you can't, it's, it's funny that 12 different people that I'm friends with came in all around the same time and said, you really need to push this law, put it onto the floor. Because Madigan will tell you, and this is the problem with people who are autocratic, Trump and Madigan the same. I am in control of everything. I'm in charge. You want a law yep. that goes on the floor? I have to approve it. You want, and so when things happen that are intrinsically bad, you also have to then defend what you've done. Like you that there could not be any laws or regulations that were passed that benefited ComEd without Michael Madigan explicitly approving it. And he yeah. will tell you that he wields that power unabashedly, you know, yeah. just and it's, it, happy it's, to it's, swing it's, that. Yeah, it's hard to be an autocrat and maintain a firewall. That's, that's the thing. True, yeah. true. Circumstantial so, evidence, yeah. Your Honor. Circumstantial evidence, it's right. fine. It's like you can, you can find a black hole by noticing the orbits of the things around it and that's yes. exactly what's going to happen and everybody you know sort of many many aldermen are calling for his reg resignation lots of state reps um state senators calling for him to leave um i've always kind of said although i did not coin this 
you know, he's leaving that off his feet first, uh, but it may be hands behind his back. Right. So there we go. Hashtag uh, yeah. walk. So exciting yeah, so we'll week. See. Exciting so week. Actually, yeah, very busy, very busy week. Um, so yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll probably not record again before the DNC, um, but you know, or maybe the DNC during the DNC. What do you oh, think? Oh, that's a very good one. watch party. Um, can we do one of those watch party things? You can maybe do that. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, and uh, I'm going to be attending Netroots Nation uh, this coming week. Uh, which is all going to be virtual, which is going to be super weird. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, lots of Zoom calls with good progressive leaders and all that. Um, awesome. So, yeah. But awesome. uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, well, cheers. Keep the lockdown cheers. strong. And uh, stay safe and healthy, everybody. Support, right. support your local brewery. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.